Hello, Internet. My name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. Matt's pumped. I'm pumped. To review a film, a sequel, to a film we liked a lot. Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass. But we're reviewing Kick-Ass too. Because we're a topical podcast. Mm. This is one of my big regrets that we didn't get to, we weren't doing a podcast when Kick-Ass 1 came out. Just because I feel like... It would have been a good discussion. I think it would have been. I think we've we've even brought it up in a few other podcasts just because there've been some good talking points from it. Is that your life's biggest regret? Like, if you had access to a time machine, is the one thing you would change would be starting a screen verdict before Kickass came out? <laughs> possibly, quite possibly. <laughs> we saw Kickass to. Together yesterday for those... It's tradition. Whenever yeah. a kick-ass movie comes out, we yeah. see it together. We saw it at the same cinema. 100% of kick-ass movies we've seen together. And we saw it at the same cinema that we mm. saw kick-ass one. And um, so for those keeping score at home, this is one of the movies we've seen together. And it's a movie I did not fall asleep during. <laughs> I'm doing some prac teaching at a school at, at the moment uh, for primary school, right? And uh, you'll like this story. Yeah. And it was an assembly yesterday, and a kid came up to me after the assembly and said, Mr. Noble, did uh, you find the assembly boring? And I was like, oh, no, 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 of course. Like, it was, it was all right. <laughs> and he said, then why were your eyes shut? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I was tired. <laughs> There's no denying it. There's no. So he's like, yeah. What, what can you say? Kid. What can you say? Lie to the kid. Didn't know you were lying. They saw your eyes shut. I like how your impression for all children and females is the exact same voice. <laughs> That's not completely true. <laughs> so, kick ass. We mentioned it as a sequel. The first one, we really liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. You nominated it for Best Overachiever at the ESPYs. Yeah, my, my expectations for that movie was that like it was going to be just a lot of violence, a lot of swearing. I just would not enjoy it. I didn't really know much about it. I didn't know about the, the comics. Hadn't heard that much hype. Just saw a trailer, thought it could be kind of funny. And then it was probably one of my favourite movies of the year. Like A big part of the movie is Hit Girl, Girl, Chloe Grace Moretz. A lot of violence, a lot of swearing... Arguably sexualized for such a young girl, I think. Yeah. Like, I think that's fair for me to say. She was probably about 13 when the first film came out. Yeah. To make that work is such a tightrope balance. Because that's not the kind of thing I want to really see at the movies. If you read the description or you read the complaints, the hype or whatever, it sounds like they could have just been pushing boundaries for the sake of pushing boundaries to get attention, but it actually really worked in the film. The fact that I wasn't that worried, like, I didn't, it didn't grate me much, that stuff, meant I enjoy it. Like, it meant that I was impressed that they were able to pull that off because that's the kind of thing I should hate, <laughs> having a 13-year-old girl swearing and doing a lot of violence. And they sort of do it in a way where it is part of the film, part of the world, and I was very impressed that they were able to entertain me with that so we liked the first one did we have any reasons to like or not like the sequel uh what do you mean by that question well i guess just what are our expectations did we oh. think kick-ass deserved a sequel did it have a story to continue or i think the characters were fun the setups were fun in the first one uh 
it was funny. Like, yeah, I, I think I, I was intrigued by the idea of a sequel. I think it could have really worked. Kick-Ass had a, a pretty good ending. It sort of wrapped mm. things up. Yeah. But it didn't close off the story. I was open to sequel. I wasn't thinking, oh, no, they're, they're going to ruin it. They should have left the story how it was. I thought, oh, no, Kick-Ass yeah. 2, I'm down for that. Sounds like the kind of world they could have re-entered. Yeah. And they got a new director for the film. Yes. Matthew Vaughn directed the first one. Mm-hmm. And he also did X-Men First Class, Layer Cakes, and things like that. He's pretty good. I quite like him. Mm. They replaced him with Jeff Ladlow. Who also wrote this film. Mm. He didn't write the last one either. So, completely new blood being injected into the behind the camera thing. And he is pretty new, because looking at his IMDb page, I didn't really recognise anything. He worked on Bates Motel, the TV show, mm. but I hadn't seen or heard of anything else. Yeah. So, I don't, maybe I should check out Bates Motel. Someone liked it. They gave him this job. Yeah, exactly. So... I think the way to unpack this is just go through the four main characters, and I think everything in this movie will probably come up through talking through them. Because, yeah, they had, the first one had a good story, good action stuff, but it was the characters, I guess. It's very character-based. Hit Girl, obviously, the standout yeah. that uh, got you into the film. So let's go through Kick-Ass 2, yeah. character yeah. by character. And uh, don't worry, we'll be addressing the Jim Carrey controversy oh. when we when we get up to his character, because there's been a lot of, lot of news, a lot of buzz about that. And we'll be making a verdict whether Jim Carrey has made the right call. <laughs> a mini Jim Carrey verdict. Yeah, a Jim Carrey verdict. Okay. Well, let's start off. I guess uh, Hit Girls, everyone's favourite. But the movie's Kick-Ass. <laughs> so let's talk a bit about Kick-Ass. Uh, where do we find him in this movie? Well, he's just going to high school. He's not being Kick-Ass anymore. And I guess you think, oh, there's going to be a bit of a, not an origin story, but that superhero thing where what leads them into becoming the superhero, I guess this time again. Fortunately, that, that's quite quick. Because obviously it, it, the movie's called Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass 2. He's going to be Kick-Ass. So let's just power on through that. Oh, I'm just bored being a normal high school student. I want to be Kick-Ass again. Yep, cool. Let's go. I'm on board. Yeah. For those who haven't seen the Kick-Ass series, Kick-Ass, he's a high school kid. He wants to be a superhero, and he sort of just, you know, rather than just thinks about it, does it. He gets a suit. He decides to go around the street, beating up bad guys, helping people out. And I guess this movie finds him, he's sort of given that up, right? Like, yeah, Kick-Ass is a superhero movie, but no one has any superpowers. Mm. It's about what happens if just some regular Joe Blow high school kid puts on a suit and goes out and tries to... Fight for justice. Yeah. Would we do this? Would we... Like, this could well, be well, fun. Well, we haven't. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> but, like, I'm, I'm suggesting now, should we do this? Should we do this? <laughs> the screen verdict team, moonlighting. Yeah. As superheroes by night. Yeah. To be honest, where we live, there wouldn't really be that much crime to, to fight. We'd have to travel. There'd be a lot of effort. We'd have to get the outfits, decide on a name... I'm not sure a kick-ass really sells this idea either. Seems like a lot of drama, a lot of yeah. trouble. You get hurt quite a bit. Mm. I don't know. A lot of people in the movie have band-aids on their faces. Yeah. Do people... When you're beat up that badly, just just, just like one or two band-aids randomly placed on your face even do anything? Apparently. 
Yeah. But is that just a film thing? Oh, he's been beaten up. That's what... Yeah. That's, yeah. So yeah. we remember. Yeah. We make our podcast money with our faces. We yes. need to keep those intact. Mm. So Kick-Ass decides he wants to get back into the fray, though. He decides mm. he wants to get back into the superhero game. And I guess we might talk about that, about how that plays out a bit more when we get to some of the other characters. But... um I was going to ask you, do you think that's a good decision? But clearly it is. Like, we clearly have <laughs> seen a movie where he doesn't make that decision. Right? Like, I'd be a surprise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kick-Ass 2 doing something a bit left field, a bit unexpected. In that case, he'll probably just end up being the OC or something. So, yeah. <laughs> probably best off he became Kick-Ass. Now, um, he had a girlfriend in the first movie... Mm. And she's sort of sent to the sidelines for all this movie. She's not as big a character this time. Yeah, didn't didn't impress Jeff Ladlow much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't give her quite as big a role in the sequel. Yeah. Did you like that move to sideline her? I thought there was some interesting stuff with her in the first film, but she wasn't a character I was in love with. Mm. It wasn't like, oh, I'm, it would be great to see Katie back and see what... Her relationship is like with Kick-Ass. Because that's not what Kick-Ass is really about. Yeah. So, I did find it a little jarring, but I don't hold it against the film. Yeah. She probably is the best-looking girl in the Kick-Ass universe, though, I would say. I like my girls of legal age, so, yeah, let's go with that. (laughs) Might not be everyone's choice, but it's going to be ours. Yeah. I feel like get rid of her (laughs) and, like, Kick-Ass can do nothing but... Take a step down. Like, <laughs> so anyway, um, let's, let's move on to Hit Girl, though, because really, she's a lot more interesting. Like, we, we like her more, right? Than Kit yeah. Cast. Yeah. And she was the, the... Here's my concern about this film. Hit Girl was clearly the fan-favourite character coming out of the first one. Everyone loved Chloe Grace Moretz. We loved Chloe Grace Moretz. Largely, like, this started our uh, like of Chloe Grace Moretz. <laughs> right? I thought it could be a danger maybe that they make this too hit girl centric. Like maybe if it's all about hit girl and her going ons, the film might, she might lose her impact a bit. I think it makes sense. I think it's a natural progression of the story. Those two kind of came together and it was sort of a team. And I think it makes sense to give them sort of fairly equal weighting. It's not like one's a sidekick. No. They talk about this in the film. No one wants to be Robin. Uh, so I think it's fair if you give them 50-50 weight in the storyline. Okay, now, Hit Girl is still fighting crime post the last movie. Mm-hmm. She's another vigilante superhero, for those who aren't familiar with the series. and She's another vigilante. She's a, Her dad died in the last one. Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay, yeah. Dad died in the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, if you're listening to a Kick-Ass 2 podcast, you might expect there to be we'll Kick-Ass Well, put in the description, spoiler. contains Kick-Ass yeah, 1 spoilers. One spoilers. Okay. So he dies in the first one, and she's sort of picking up the pieces and sort of to live on with his memory. He's also a vigilante superhero. She wants to keep on protecting the city. They couldn't have explained this any more clearly. No, they, they explained it quite clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so then, okay... Something happens, and she decides to give it up. This is sort of the inverse of how I said I liked how quickly Kick-Ass decided to become Kick-Ass. Yeah. She goes the other way, and I'm thinking, this is just wasting time. 
Because we all know you're going to become Hit Girl again. Yes. Now, while we're waiting for her to become Hit Girl again, we see her try to break into the crowd in high school, become one of the popular girls, go to slumber parties, join the dance team, go out with the guy. Were we enjoying this this part of the movie? No. The girls are just insanely bitchy, just beyond <laughs> evil. Yeah. To the point where even if a girl's character wanted to fit in, she wouldn't be able to fit in with these people. In some ways, these people are worse than the criminals that she was beating up and killing before. Yeah. Surely if she wanted to fit in, she'd just find a normal group of people instead of these people. Mm. And then, oh, if they turn... Oh, something happens where she goes, oh, they are, like, evil. What as if you didn't know that before? Mm. How has that changed your opinion of the evil people? Mm. It did seem like we were watching, like, a, a weak version of Mean Girls. Mm. Which isn't really why I wanted to see Kick-Ass. To you see did some get high some, school drama. You did get some sort of funny things, like the dance scene. I, that was kind of entertaining. That was sort of... It was a bit long, though. I didn't love the dance scene. I didn't hate it. There's a scene where she gets revenge on the girls, and I just found that very not funny. Yeah, there's a very clear scene. If you watch the film, you know the scene we're talking about. Yeah. Toilet humour, basically. Yeah. And I'm not averse to some things being a little bit crude if it's, you know, if in some way clever or... Clever or funny. This was just bizarre. This is one of the most annoying, just not funny things I've seen. Like, I was actually thinking, if I were Chloe Grace Moretz, surely I'd just be looking at the script or just filming the scene, just going to the director, come on, this just isn't, this isn't good. Like, I, I don't know if, you know, actresses really have the place to say, or actors... But that was just so bad. I would feel if it, if, it, if I was participating in the film, I couldn't help but just say, no, nah, surely this isn't right. This is just terrible. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think we all agree that this was a complete waste of our time. This whole storyline with the Mean <laughs> Girls. Like, it was just... We weren't that interested in it. It's like we're watching some sort of high school drama play out. Right? That scene was meant to be at least some form of payoff for that whole storyline. Like, that was meant to be at least... Like, I did sort of go when, like, the scene before, they're like, you got to get them back by being yourself or being... Whatever, playing their game. And I thought, this could be... Good. Like, I, this could be funny. This could be quite good. She's going to... This is going to be some clever plan where she gets them back. Nope. But there wasn't. No, it was just a really toilet humory, very easy-to-write thing. Did Chloe Grace Moretz have some good scenes, though? In the movie. Did we see some good hit girl scenes, do you think? I guess her character had sort of three different types of scenes. She's had her as Mindy talking mm -hmm. to Kick-Ass. Yeah. And they were okay. They served the story, but there was some really cheesy dialogue. Oh, it's what Big Daddy would have wanted to me to do. I made a promise to protect the city. Garbage. Yeah. Just nonsense. The teenager, the high school drama stuff we talked about, didn't like it. Hit Girl. That's what we really watch Kick-Ass for, to yes. see those scenes. Those were definitely the best. Hmm. They was, had some really good action, some pretty funny one-liners. It didn't have quite the same impact as the first film, but I don't know if it ever could, because that was just yeah. so different, that was so unexpected. They seemed to reel her back a little, though, from the first. There was less swearing. I don't know about that. 
Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I've become so just sensitized. <laughs> she does drop the C bomb. She does. Yeah. In English, it's written. Yeah, I'm not sure if she does say the c word. No. That's a real back. <laughs> Changing the language. Yeah, I think that's a real back. I don't know. I think if you then translate that on screen, it still counts. Okay. <laughs> Debate. <laughs> a difference of opinion on whether they reeled back hit girls' language. That's sort of like the. Uh... Should I be allowed to watch Game of Thrones because it has nudity? No, just read the books. Is that any better? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, they and I get like I think they did reel it back a bit because like it, this this even weirdly um, and I'm not necessarily saying this is a complaint, but this also seemed a little less sexualized this time than the first movie as well. We didn't have the little school schoolgirl outfit. We didn't have characters making jokes about sort of oh, I want to go out with her, like, and things like that. I don't know about that. The, the schoolgirl outfit was sort of a ploy. You weren't supposed to enjoy that no. as the audience. No, that no, was no, no. Like a plot device. It was somewhat controversial, though, at the time, wasn't it? Like, people, like... Yeah. But in this film, we do have her sort of... Because now she's about 15, that's when you start dating, and she's introduced to sort of you know, kiss, kissing boys, liking boys, going on mm. dates, watching sexy music videos. So <laughs> I, in, in a way, I'd say she was perhaps even more sexualized in this film. Hmm. I'm going to quickly, for our listeners, do the quick Chloe Grace Moretz age. She is, she is at the moment age 16. Just, just for people following along at home. <laughs> <laughs> I got the countdown. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was that? February is like, oh. We have been on screen verdict when talking about her, been walking on landmine, uh, walking through a minefield of what words are appropriate to use with Chloe Grace. Now she's 16. Uh, are there words we're allowed to use to describe her without having to worry about the authorities kicking down our doors? Or should I don't we know, still this is wait? an international podcast. Yeah, should we still wait a couple of years? Uh, 18 is the generally accepted age for getting your creep on. <laughs> <laughs> should we wait for 21 just to be on the safe side? <laughs> Probably not. Just not being a creepo. Is, that was yeah. what the advice we got from the Our Only God Forgives podcast. Perhaps yeah. it should apply here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, can, can I just be clear? This is not because... I, I feel like the more you try and explain it, the worse it's going to get. Yeah, I just realised that. <laughs> great actress, love your work. Yeah, she's a very good actress. Okay. So did you like Hit Girl in the film? I thought some of her scenes as Hit Girl were fun. Maybe it's because it didn't really bring much to the table that I, don't, that I didn't see in the last movie, and it didn't really do it bigger or better than I saw in the last movie. So... There's no, like, one scene that I'm like, oh, yeah, that was great Hit Girl stuff. So moving on from Hit Girl, we've got a new addition to the team. Mm. Colonel Stars and Stripes? Yes, yeah, so we lost Big Daddy, we lost Nicolas Cage, and I guess you need a sort of older figure, a, some, a somewhat of a celebrity to have in mm. your superhero movie. So we've replaced Nicolas Cage with, with Jim Carrey. I'm quite a big fan of Jim Carrey. I'm quite a big fan of Nick Cage. Oh. I absolutely love Big Daddy and Kick-Ass. Yeah, he was very good. 
I feel like Nick Cage is pretty hit and miss in movies, and I think Kick-Ass is definitely a hit. Yeah. Um, Jim Carrey, I think, probably also an actor that's a bit hit and miss <laughs> in movies. Yeah, I think, like, obviously, The Truman Show, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Great performances. <laughs> great performances. Should have won Oscars. But, um... <laughs> but, um... Some of his other comedies have maybe been a bit not great. So, I, was, I, was, I thought this was a good casting choice, Jim Carrey. So, Colonel Stars and Stripes. He's done the same as Kick-Ass and... Hit girl. Hit girl. He's put on sort of an outfit, given himself a name, and he's just going out delivering vigilante justice. Yeah. But he's also gathered a bit of a team together. Yeah. Some of the other superheroes out there, they've banded together, mm. and they use his, what is it, sort of like underground-y, apartment-y, warehouse-y thing as sort of like their bat cave. It's pretty cool. Yeah. They seem to think so. And I guess his thing is that he's a born-again Christian... Yes. He used to be related to the mafia somehow, hmm. and now he's cleaning up the other superhero's language. Yes, he's not... I, do you think it's a real shame we don't see more scenes of him and Hit Girl? Definitely. I don't know why. understand why well, you would give him those character traits and not pair him up with someone that's obviously going to create some sort of opposition or interesting interaction with. Yeah, Bizarre. We've got someone who was quite controversial in the first movie for her swearing and a character who hates swearing. This seems like the perfect <laughs> combination for comedy, drama, and story that we'd find interesting. <laughs> Rosetta got her off at a slumber party when he's getting mad at other people for swearing. <laughs> so did in any way he live up to the character of Big Daddy? I thought he brought stuff to the movie. I thought he was fun, but he was no Big Daddy. I don't think he was as integral to the story. And even if he had been a main character, I don't think he would have stood out. No. Now, there was a bit of controversy with Jim Carrey. Mm. Um, controversy with a capital C. We can't tell you what that stands for, because he would find that offensive. <laughs> yes. So, he is not promoting this film at all. He refuses to promote the film because it is too violent. And Did he not see Kick-Ass? Did he not read the script? Okay, I, Did he not act in the film? Was he not even paying attention to what was going on on the set? Okay. Apparently, like, it's sort of a bit different once they've edited it together and things. But secondly, <laughs> the thing he said, and we've got to be a bit sensitive with this, because this is where we get into... Because Jim Carrey is so sensitive. <laughs> we wouldn't offend Jim Carrey. No, I think, I think we've got to be sensitive about this. There was a big shooting in America okay. earlier this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Sandy Hook massacre. Obviously, some very young children died, and it created a bit of a debate in America about what's the cause of sort of gun violence and stuff in America. There were some people who um, thought guns were the problem, that you can just get a gun in a supermarket in America could be an issue. Other people, and guns that can fire a ridiculous number of bullets a minute. Um, mm -hmm. Other people thought that the media is glorifying violence, creating this whole sort of uh, culture of violence in movies and video games, and that's the real problem. Some other people thought mental health, and there isn't enough for mental health prevention in America. And some people thought it was a combination of the three things. Okay, Cut a long story short. He says, post-Sandy Hook's massacre, 
he doesn't feel comfortable promoting a film with that sort of violence. I understand that's it was a terrible thing yeah. to happen, and I think you should be sensitive in regards to that event. But I don't know why he's chosen to link this film with that shooting. Because there have been other shootings before. There were shootings before he decided to make the film. Mm. Then the film comes out and he links it to that one. Well, he's not linking it to that one. He's just saying, I don't want to be part of a Hollywood culture that promotes violence and could lead to shootings like this. Honestly, I agree with him. I'm just saying what what sort of people are saying. I watch both kick-ass movies and I don't have a problem with the violence in the films. Mm. I don't think that it's promoting violence or making violence look fun or cool or actually having an influence on people committing violent acts. But if someone believes that, I think that that's their choice and they can choose not to support those kind of movies and that's cool. But there were shootings, lots of shootings before this and if that's his stance, I don't think he should have done the movie in the first place. To take that stance after having made the movie, I just find a bit confusing. Yeah, I, I'd sort of agree with that. I think... Um... Uh, the, I think the director of the film or the comic book author came out of the film and said, oh, Jim Carrey's been in a tough spot because he's very against gun. He's very against gun. He's been very big advocate of guns rights and he's gotten a lot of pressure from the gun lobby because of his involvement. There's a million guns in Kick-Ass 1. Yeah. I, I, and honestly, this is what I'd say. I don't think there's heaps of gun violence in Kick-Ass 2. Mm, yeah. Like, uh, there are guns, but... There's a few scenes with guns. That's mainly the bad guys. Yeah, I... I Look, if Jim Carrey doesn't want to promote this film and he's not contractually obligated to his decision, like, you know? But, uh, yeah, I I think it's a little bit odd as well. Well, he won't be in Kick-Ass 3. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yes. So did you think the violence in this Kick-Ass was worse or not as bad as the first one? I would probably put it on a similar level. Like, it is pretty violent. If you don't like violence, you're not really going to like the kick-ass films. But I thought most of it was just sort of part of the action, part of the story. There were probably two things that happened in the film which I actually found quite dark. One of them I didn't really like from a story perspective. And one of them I didn't like because it sort of changed the tone of the film. There was basically an implication of rape. And I thought that changed the character from being sort of bad in inverted commas, but sort of entertaining to, oh, no, that, oh, I didn't like that. Yeah, that that was very, and they tried to do it in a comedic way as well. Which almost made it worse because it's sort of being insensitive about it. Yeah, I think this was, uh, yeah, people were mad at Robin Thicke's song. I feel (laughs) like, um, feel like they'd be, don't, don't see this movie. Which brings us to our last character to talk about. Oh, yeah, we, we have to give a swearing alert. We don't normally swear very much on the podcast. No, we try, I, we, we try not to. For everyone. But then the name of the character is a swear word. It's Mother Effa. Yeah. Straight out of the Horrible Bosses playbook. It just seems like a blatant rip off the Horrible Bosses joke. Which isn't necessarily a bad idea. Horrible Bosses was pretty good. That was fun. Yeah, only a little bit behind Return of Jafar in terms of things to rip off. Yeah. I think saying that on its own isn't really that funny, but just sort of the terrible names that he comes up with for himself and all the members of the evil team, I I found that quite entertaining. Yeah. It's silly and it's politically incorrect, but I think that actually worked in a way. Yeah. 
Now, basically, he, he was Red Mist yeah. in the first one. From the trailer alone, you're able to work out that he's the bad guy for the film. Yeah. It seems to take the other characters in the film quite a long time to realise yeah. exactly who he is, who's the bad guy. Perhaps they didn't see the trailer for Kick-Ass 2. Yeah. Do you think this is, like... Are they sending up at all that, like, people are idiots in superhero movies? That <laughs> no one ever connects the dots uh, <laughs> as to, like, who superheroes are, even though it's fairly obvious? No, I just thought that was a flaw in the you film. You thought it was a flaw in the film. So they weren't, they weren't, there was no tongue-in-cheek with that sort of thing. Because that's the only thing that would excuse it in my mind. <laughs> this is obviously with the exception of The Dark Knight Rises, where everyone figures out Batman is Bruce Wayne <laughs> in about the first 20 minutes of the film. <laughs> no, I sort of liked him as a character. I thought this was quite a good progression from mm. the first film. It made sense. Yes. And he's sort of an interesting character. It's basically, if, it's basically what would happen if a not-all-that-nice kid with way too much money and the freedom to do anything he wants, had a vendetta against a superhero, mm. and just ran with it. Just yeah. became the bad guy. Yeah. And I thought he was kind of silly, and you didn't like him, but it was ridiculous in an entertaining way. Mm. I think his character probably had the highest percentage of hits, other than that scene that I found insensitive. Yes. Yeah, he was fine, he was good. I thought this, his story was a little muddled, though. It didn't have... It, yeah. The story didn't have much depth, but just in terms of him as a character and a lot of the sort of dry lines between mm. him and his uh, sort of butler, who didn't yeah. like being referred to as a butler, things like that, Yeah, uh, I yeah. found really humorous. Yeah, no, I only thought the character worked well. I was just like, I think the first Kick-Ass had a really good, like, build-up with the story and the bad guy. Like, by the time you get to that scene with the, the final showdown in Kick-Ass, like, it sort of built up to that. Where I feel like in this one... That's a really epic scene, too, with the music and yeah. everything. With this one, Which I... just recycled yeah, the yeah. film. And this one, I feel like it was a bit more... He had some good stuff, but it, he was very detached from the film for most of it. And then I didn't really feel like when the final showdown happened, like, oh, this is epic. No, it did just seem a little bit thin, just paint by numbers. Hmm. So let's give Kick-Ass 2... A verdict or two. <laughs> two. Yeah, two. Like, one from each of us. <laughs> That's how the show works. Yeah. In terms of things we've reviewed, I'm finding Kick-Ass 2 one of the hardest to actually give a score. Yeah. Because it is so all over the place. Like, there are some pretty cool action scenes and some things that were really, really funny in the film. But a couple of things that I just thought were awful. I can't believe how they made it into the final cut. And it was just generally pretty predictable and a thin storyline and as this podcast has gone on i've actually liked it less and less mm. which is a disappointment because i really like kick-ass i'll probably give kick-ass maybe an eight and a half mm. i'm gonna give kick-ass to a five and a half so, yeah yeah i i think kick-ass one i'd probably give about an eight and a half maybe an eight two this one i found pretty disappointing i thought the story wasn't very good i thought there were some just really bad bits and I thought that a third of the movie was, like, a bad version of Mean Girls. <laughs> like, and I was just sitting through this movie going, eh, when are they going to get to the good stuff? Like, when is, when is she going to become Hit Girl again? And then when she did, it wasn't quite as good as I remember the first one being. Oh, Maybe at one I, point in the film, you made this sigh, 
And I thought maybe you'd like nod it off and that was your way of waking yeah. yourself up. But it was actually you just being so frustrated with this stupid line of dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I remember that bit well. <laughs> there were some fun action scenes. I think Chloe Grace Moretz still gives a good performance. I think Jim Carrey gives an all right performance. I think the, like, the cast is still good. Obviously, um, Mother Effa gives a, gives a fun performance too. So, like, there's some good stuff in there, but very, very disappointing. I'll give it a 6 out of 10. There we go. Um, housekeeping. And there's some big news in housekeeping. Well, last week we did our MTV Video Music Awards preview. And I don't know if it was us, but uh, all anyone's been talking about the last couple of days has been <laughs> the MTV Video Music Awards. So uh, we must have done something right. Yeah, if you didn't know what the term twerking meant, you do now. Yes. <laughs> we obviously talked about it. We made an official vote. We put our weight, the screen verdict weight for whatever it's worth, behind Thrift Shop. By Macklemore. It's a great music video. And by great, I mean about, I don't know, six or seven out of ten. Six and a half out of ten. Six six and a half out of ten. Um, And we gave that an official vote. I don't even know who won the award. I didn't watch I didn't watch the the shows. We love the MTV Video Music (laughs) Awards, but we don't actually love the awards. We don't. We never watch them. And even if you there, you had heard something in the news about the awards, whoever actually won has been overshadowed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't you think the winners always overshadowed? <laughs> I remember, like, wasn't it last year you had nerdy one too because all the news was just, Beyonce's pregnant. Like, that was it. She didn't even do anything at the awards. She just told people she was pregnant. Do you think this is a greater debacle than uh, Kanye? Kanye versus Miley Cyrus. Which meltdown did you prefer? I preferred the Kanye one because I feel like there was more stuff on the back end of that. Like Taylor Swift could then come and host Saturday Night Live and make jokes about it. Like it, I just feel like it was a funnier controversy. Like, and I feel like it's a bit of a better. Like you could then quote what Kanye yeah, if, said if as you'd a have joke. Said, like, yeah. I was going to cut you off. And like, yeah. I was, I'm going to let you finish yeah. in a yeah. minute, man. Yeah. But Kanye was the best MTV interruption of the decade. Yeah, because it was it was something you could quote. It was a quotable thing. You could reference it. I'm going to let you finish, Patrick Swayze, but Michael Jackson had the best celebrity death of the year. Yeah, we, it was even, we were a year late on the joke and we still made it our, <laughs> like, title for our podcast. So, I think definitely that's the better of the two. Which one's been more controversial? I don't know. People really were mad at Kanye, Kanye after that thing. It's because people like Kanye, whereas in, Miley doesn't have any stock anymore. Everyone just yeah. thinks she's lost it. Well, I don't get why people have been so upset about Miley Cyrus. Like, people are like, oh, how could she do this? Look at her latest music video. <laughs> she did this two months ago. <laughs> like... Why are people so surprised that someone has done something that completely fits in with an image? They put out there in a very public music video two months ago. That's what I'm just shocked by. (laughs) Can you believe what Miley Cyrus has done? Yeah, she did it. She did it two months ago in a music video. It's all over YouTube. Uh, My favourite part of it was uh, Robin Thicke just standing in front of her while she's just being mental I can just imagine him thinking, 
I'm going to get blamed for this. <laughs> he definitely is. People who didn't like Blurred Lines, people had complaints about that, are definitely going to put this on me. Well, we talked yesterday about how whether the rape stuff that people were complaining about with Robin Thicke's music video that encourages rape. We, we I think our final word was a bit insensitive, perhaps his music video, but ultimately tongue-in-cheek and things. But getting, you know, this America's sweetheart to sexually dance in front of you while you sing this song, not helping his case. Not helping the thick defense. That is, that is not my version of how you should party in the USA. No. So. <laughs> oh, Miley. Yeah. So, I think I think actually thick, like, this is worse for thick than Miley, because I feel like Miley had already gone off the cliff. Like, <laughs> like someone does something stupid while they've jumped off a cliff. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> Well, she overshadowed the awards. Let's not let her overshadow our review. So you won. Because I want to know what won. You want to know what won? Okay. Now, a lot was on the line here because we have not been able to, like, pick a winner. Like, we haven't... Our vote hasn't made a difference <laughs> yet. I think first year it... Anyway, I'll stop stalling because I can't remember who the first ones we endorsed was anyway. Beastie Boys. Oh, the Beastie Boys makes a... No- that was my favourite of all the ones we've watched. <laughs> and then uh, last year, Got Ye, we couldn't get him over the line. He ended up winning a Grammy, so maybe there's just some residual, like... <laughs> Screen bump. Yeah. yeah. So, the winner of Best Music Video of the Year, according to the MTV voters, including us, was... Justin Timberlake Mirrors. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought it was the award for best music video. Not longest music video. Or two music videos that they decided to stick together for no apparent reason. It worked. It worked. Whatever it was. How did that win? That was so bad. That was so bad. We're going to record another podcast and just tack it on the end of this one. That has no relation to this. That's going to be the best podcast we, of the which, year. Which, to be fair... You could argue this MTV video discussion is pretty much doing just that. (laughs) Well, he set the precedent. Don't blame us. Blame JT. Oh, my gosh. How did that win? How did that win? (laughs) I think that was like a fourth choice or something. Yeah, And if Taylor Swift's music video wasn't so rubbish, it would have been our least (laughs) favourite. I just can't believe that JT won that. For slightly less offensive music video than Taylor Swift's. Yes. (laughs) You were trouble. Goes to JT's mirrors. Oh, gosh. uh, That's not even the worst thing that's happened to me this week. <laughs> I think I think Miley Cyrus is no longer the most offensive thing that oh, happens at the MTV I would agree. Race. I would agree. That's outrageous. That piece of S. What? <laughs> yeah. What was the worst thing that happened to you? I gave this homeless woman fifty cents <laughs> yesterday, and then she asked me what she wanted me to do for it, <laughs> and I said nothing, please. And she then tried to kiss me. That doesn't sound like the worst thing. That sounds like your bargain of the week, Matt. 50 cents. <laughs> oh. no, <laughs> you got to dignify that. Like, then she starts trying to kiss me, and I'm like, going, no, please, no, no. So I'm like leaning away. Like I'm trying. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, JT. And on that bombshell, on that JT bombshell, they so used to got it back. Oh, and just uh, finish off the podcast on an apology to Bob Phelan. Bob Phelan, we both got the name wrong. So thanks. I'm always giving Matt a hard time for pronouncing things incorrectly. Uh, this time, I'll, I was in the same boat. 
he said felon, I said feeling. It was failing. Yeah. So uh, so we're, we're very... We've got it now. Thanks yeah. for listening, Bob. And thanks for, uh, thanks very much to Bob for his patience with us. Like, <laughs> he's still a big fan of the podcast, even though we have, like, butchered his name. Like, <laughs> bring his name to disrepute. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much, Bob. And to everyone else, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.